by darling. It's time to put a stop to all the madness. You deserve so much more in your life. It's your time to glow up. Welcome to the Time to Glow Up podcast with Rebecca Hennings and guests. Your journey to transforming from the inside out begins here. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's 2021. <laughs> Did you ever think we'd get to this point where we get to, we, you know, we've come out of 2020? Now, I'm not one of those people who say, oh, this year was rubbish. And, and I see value in everything. I see value in all our experiences. Um, but it was a tough one, wasn't it, for all of us? Um, and so, yeah, I can imagine for many, there were thoughts about, um, you know, 2020 seeming tremendously long. So um, welcome back to the Time to Glow Up podcast. It's been a little while. So, um, you know, this is actually a podcast episode that I just, it came from my heart. I just felt, woke up and I just felt, this is what people need to hear today. Um, I'm just, we've recently in the UK gone back into, for most places anyway, gone back into tier four restrictions, which means, you know, only the essential services are available to us there's no just going to the shop that was my thing i just love to be able to get up and browse the shops that was my they, they were my outings i could deal with that or also the, the gym there's no gyms anymore there's no barbers no hairdressers no non-essential services and we're being told to stay home that's the message stay home because of this coronavirus pandemic and so you know there's a lot of people who are not used to um being confined not only confined to the home, but being confined to being around the people that they're with. And, you know, a lot of people have never had to deal with um, any major adversity. And so they find themselves, or we all find ourselves in this position where we're having to try and, and cope. And many people, uh, because they haven't been through difficult times, will not have the tools to be able to cope. So this morning I woke up and I just felt like, ah, oh, <laughs> this is what people need to hear. People need to know that these are the things you can do. And I know I've done several episodes um, that kind of touch on this, but this time I really wanted to go back to the books um, and, and, and get the, 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 the methods and the techniques that are rooted in, in research and, and impart those most important things that I know make a difference, okay? So this is called 10 Ways to Cope with Difficult Times. Okay, so let's let's kick off, let's go. So the first one is, it's really important to acknowledge that change is inevitable. You know, we, we tend to get um, in our feelings when things change, when, you know, a relationship ends, for instance, or, um, you know, you lose your job, or, um, I don't know, somebody moves on and you miss them, uh, or someone dies, and so it's, you can help um, deal with those, those thoughts and the angst that those thoughts cause by acknowledging that change is constant. The only guarantee we have in this life is death, unfortunately, in taxes, they say. Um, yeah, and so acknowledging that change always happens is a powerful thing. And that's because you not only, there, obviously there are negative sides to it, there are sides that are not so great, but also you can turn that into a positive Okay, so when um, there are difficult times, such as now for many, 
you can rest in the knowledge that, hey, guess what? This is not going to last forever, okay? So when I came, so again, for those who don't know me, I've been through breast cancer. I had breast cancer in 2017, and um, consequently, after my surgery, I went through a period of depression. This is the only way I can describe it. I was sad for about 18 months. And so what kept me going was knowing that this is temporary. This will not last. This is how I feel right now is going to change. And even from moment to moment, I wouldn't feel um, as heavy every single moment. So acknowledging that helped me to feel so much better. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, I do apologize for the lack of lighting. Um, my, my bulb went this morning, so I don't have much light so forgive me okay so that's number one right, number two um change your perception or change your procedure if there's something happening that you do not like this i swear by i live by this and i came across this um from anthony robbins you know he really believes that if there if you're in a situation or if you're having thoughts or there's something that you do not like you can improve that situation changing how you perceive it or changing what you do so changing your procedure okay it's very powerful okay so for instance i'll give you an example so i used to be a supply teacher and you know it can be a really challenging job and i i was based in a school in warsaw in the west midlands in the uk and it was oh my gosh it was a primary school and the children's behavior was just shocking <laughs> and you know i'm no pushover i know how to be strict but even my strictest methods were not working and i just felt like oh my gosh like these children why are they so naughty and then i, then I learned that they'd had several teachers the last two years no permanent teacher so they had no sense of stability and it's really playing with their emotions and the outward, um, I guess, view of that or expression of that was the fact that they've been, they misbehaved. So actually then I started to change my perception and started to look at them with more compassion. Poor kids, like there is no stability. No wonder they're misbehaving like this. And so not only did I change my perception, of what was going on with them, but I also changed my procedure. I started to do to do more fun things with them. Um, I I became known as the wrapping teacher because in the morning I would come and I would wrap with them. If I wanted them to be quiet, I start reciting the Fresh Prince of Bel Air raps. I was like, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground where I spent most of my days, and I keep doing that until eventually they were quiet or they would join in, but it got their attention. So. You know quite a light-hearted example but that can it can work with almost anything if you're feeling really down because of this pandemic change your perception maybe this is about maybe this is happening because you need to rest or you need to rethink your your life's path for instance or you need to get rid of some negative relationships maybe you're not seeing certain people and it's like oh why do i feel so much better maybe it's because you're not around them to change your perception or maybe you've always wanted to study something but you never had the time so maybe now is the time to study for instance that's changing your behavior okay or if someone in the house is annoying you 
maybe you just go silence. <laughs> maybe you just ignore the bad behavior and, you know, at, at the same time, understand that they're also going through difficult times. That's changing your behavior. So that's number two. Okay. Um, so number three, get rid of your shoulds. I should do this. I should do that. Why? Um, because is, you know, there's nowhere else to go once you say should. Once you say, right, you know, I should do this, it's a definite. You're putting pressure on yourself, okay? It creates pressure in the brain. And, and if, you, if your brain decides, or the emotional part of your brain decides that, I don't want to do that. It's going to dig its heels in. And the emotional part of our brain is so much more powerful than the rational thinking part of our brain. So once our, you know, our subconscious re rebellious side takes over, there's not much you can do, particularly when you're not aware of it. So, you know, when you say things like, you know, I should eat more vegetables, I, I should lose weight, I, sh I should lose, I should look for another job or, you know, I should end this relationship. Um, what happens in your brain is that you put it out there, your brain's like, I, I know I should, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, so a way of overcoming this inner rebellion is to uh, use the word could. So I could eat more vegetables. I, I could exercise more, you know? So it gives you the, the choice, the options. So, so instead of your inner rebellion saying, I ain't doing that. I don't like to be told what to do. That, that don't feel comfortable to me. I'm scared of that. Instead, it's like, it, it kind of, it entertains the idea and there isn't so much resistance. So then it gives your thinking part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, the opportunity to, to take over and say, actually, you know what? I'm going to incorporate eating more vegetables in my diet. I've got more time to think about what I'm going to eat. And actually, I know it's really good for me. Or I am, I, I could look for uh, another job. And so actually, actually, I think I would, you know, I'll set some time aside tonight um, and, and I'll start looking on various websites, for instance. So it just lets yourself off the hook a little bit and you don't feel that pressure that is created by that should, okay? um and and that is it that that's all on that one so um number four say no learn the power of saying no okay so they say that saying no is a complete sentence okay so can you loan me some money no um can you come to my event well, it's not happening right now but no or do you want to come around don't worry about this these rules um just come man you're by yourself no uh also so um we often say yes why do we say yes so much we say yes usually in consideration of another person so we're thinking like we don't want to hurt their feelings um so we, we won't say no we'll say yes we don't want to let them down we want to support them or maybe what we want to avoid conflict but that's always about the other person about you what about you and what you really want to do how do you honor yourself so oprah um she says that when you say yes to something that you really didn't want to say yes to you're actually disrespecting yourself excuse me excuse me how powerful is that you know hear that again so when you say yes to something that you really didn't want to say yes to you are dishonoring and disrespecting yourself and you don't generally want to disrespect and dishonor other people so why would you do that to yourself oh often the reason why we do do it is to avoid shame 
And I'll give you an example of that. So um, I remember working at a radio station and some this woman had come in, um, someone who I know quite well now, but I didn't at the time. And she wanted um, sponsors for her child to go to this special martial arts school. And, you know, you know, she, you know, she did, she made a really good case. That, you know, he's from the inner city, he's shown a real talent. There are these people that um, can support him, but he needs money in order to go and do this, you know, go to go to this martial arts school. And she was wanting to appeal on the radio um, to, to get some support, some financial support. Well, the manager, the station manager at the time thought, well, I'm really compelled by this. Right, for you presenters, you can help. Take some money at your purse and your, your wallets right now. Take out whatever you got in there and don't come with those little pound coins. I want to see the notes. Now, I was flat broke. I was young. I was broke, fresh out of university. I had like five pounds in my purse for my shopping for the week. I don't want to spend that five. I mean, as much as I supported the cause, I couldn't really afford to do that. I could see people taking out like 10 pound notes, 20 pound notes. Everybody was contributing and I just didn't want to feel that shame. And so as much as it hurt me, I took that five pounds out of my, my, my purse and, and I gave it. And so what I did in that time is I, I disrespected myself. I dishonored myself. I needed that money for food. And, and trust me, I struggled that week. Thank God for family. I was visiting a lot of family that week. I dishonored myself. And so, you know, shame is, is a powerful, powerful thing. And, and that's why I did it. I just didn't want to feel shame. And what I realized now is that all I could have said or what I could have said was, no, I, you know, I'm told uh, at the moment, I support your cause. But no, right now I have other commitments. And that is a way of saying no. You know, if, you, if the word just say no is too difficult for you, you can say not right now. You don't even have to say no, just say I'm not right now. I have other commitments or not right now. I really support what you're doing, but have other commitments. And if they start to go on and ask them, well, when can you? You don't have to give them a response. Do not feel compelled. Just repeat what you said. Have other commitments. Kind to yourself. So um number five so continuing on this whole um theme of shame confront shame so shame is one of the most powerful and destructive emotions that we can experience and we're often governed by it so we feel when we feel shame we're telling ourselves that there's there's essentially something wrong with us that not good enough and that therefore um we can never really we never, we never really uh, are True to ourselves, whenever our authentic selves, because what we're doing is trying to hide that thing that um, we feel might cause us to feel shame. So shame then keeps us in this in this trap. Because then, if you can't be yourself, who are you being again? You're disrespecting and dishonoring yourself. You don't feel good, and and you constantly just feel like you know I'm not worthy. So it's important to acknowledge that shame is a belief. It's a belief that you've chosen to adopt. Um, and therefore it can be changed, okay? So shame can cause people to live double lives. So, you know, imagine, you know, we've heard, we've all heard these stories of um, gay people, gay men that have chosen to, to marry a woman so that, you know, this, that they wouldn't be found out. And then they, and so they then go on to lead this double life, not being true to themselves. Um, or, you know, women, girls leaving their, 
babies out on the street to be found by strangers because of the shame of being pregnant when they shouldn't have got pregnant for whatever reason. Again, there's that word should or shouldn't, you know, um, societal shoulds, that's a whole different area. Um, or being asked a question, you know, when you're, when you ask a question in a public forum, maybe in a conference or a meeting, and people kind of laugh your question off like, <laughs> like how could you not know that? <laughs> it's, you know, there's that shame. And so then that, that might lead you to not wanting to ask questions again or not wanting to speak in public again. And so um, another example is pretending that you're not going to take the vaccine to your friends, you know, this COVID vaccine, because um, all your friends are, are against it. Again, all of these, these things are causing you to feel as though you can't be your true and authentic self, that you can't make mistakes or you can't live a, a your life in a way that um, people disapprove of. So what? They're not living your life. But I know it's easier. So it's easier said than done to say, so what? So there's a concrete way that you can start to deal with shame. Now, taking this from um, the book, I Love Me, The Science of Self-Love by David R. Hamilton. Now, I love this book because it is rooted in research. Because often when we hear about self-love, um, you know, people tend to think that, oh, you know, it's it's um, it's airy-fairy stuff and it's, it's all conjecture, it's all based on personal experience. But no, there is a science to this thing. There has been research that has been done on, on ways in which you can um, deem yourself as being enough, that ways in which you can truly love and care for yourself and gain self-value and worth and all that sort of, sorts of things. So he has come up with a little process to confront um, feelings of shame. So um, you can find this in the book, but I'll, I'll just quickly go over it. So he says you can say these things to yourself, these sentence starters, which you must finish. So it is not that I am. Then you insert whatever it is that um, your shamer. But let's say you think you're stupid, for instance. Yeah, there was a time where I thought I was stupid. So I can relate to this. So um, it's not that I am stupid. And the next sentence is number two is, the truth is that, and in here you insert what you did or how you perceived yourself. The truth is that maybe I behaved in ways that uh, would have led other people to conclude that, um, I was acting stupidly. Number three says, the sentence starter is, that doesn't mean that I am stupid. So whatever it is, again, that your shamer is, that doesn't mean that I am dirty. That doesn't mean that I am um, lazy or whatever it might be. So number four is, in fact, this is where you insert the positive. I have also made some intelligent choices in my life. And that might be a good time to give examples to yourself of when you act in that positive way. So in fact, you know, I've written a book. In fact, I've led several courses. In fact, I've taught at universities and so on and so on. You know, so you come up with that evidence. So all of a sudden you're, you're finding evidence that um, totally opposes that negative feeling that led you to feel the shame in the first place. And then the final one, he says, and these are the two of the most powerful words that you could say, I am. And then in that space, then replace it with the opposite of your shamer. So, uh, you know, instead of me feeling that I'm stupid, I am intelligent. I am smart. I am confident. I am a goal getter. I am worthy. I'm a great person. Whatever it is, put that in. So I really run over that really quickly, but I want you to read 
or get the book um i love me it's got a heart instead of love um the science of self-love by david r Ham r hamilton okay um let me speed on number six mindful meditation so being mindful is being aware of your thoughts and having the ability to separate your thoughts from your uh, actual experience so you know we can't stop our thoughts coming through our brains we have thousands and thousands of thoughts that go through our brain every day and we can't stop them no matter how much we try so don't and so it's, it's, it's acknowledging that like whoa it's gonna come that i try to get rid of them or not so what it is it's about being mindful is about noticing thoughts and letting them pass through okay so um so let's say a thought pops in your head when you've just had a, a you know a quite a tense discussion with someone and you're like oh gosh i shouldn't have said anything you know i caused a negative situation now i feel rubbish now i feel sad and then you then your body starts to feel all tense and anxious you start to feel stressed and it's just a downward spiral and that was all caused by that thought the initial thought you had that you shouldn't have said anything so what mindfulness practice states is that instead of you allowing yourself to go down that that um that downward spiral negative spiral what you could have just done is notice the thought and realize and separate yourself from it so the thought comes in your head shouldn't have said anything okay like a floating cloud just see See, see, see those words in the cloud. Shouldn't have said anything. Let it go. Okay. Notice it. Before you know it, it's gone. You're thinking about something else. You allow yourself just to see the thought. Another way of dealing with it, if sometimes you know thoughts are really so powerful that we just can't afford to do that. We just can't let it go by because it's really powerful. So another way um, mindfulness practice states that you can deal with that is to sit with it sit with that thought let it just do its thing let it like a wave just flow through you so allow yourself to think to actually go down that negative spiral again still you're recognizing that it's just a thought it's just a moment and it will pass but at this stage it's so powerful i just need to let it go through my body and it's an amazing way of dealing with anxiety or anxious thoughts and I, I share this story quite a bit but of when i was seeing my my psychiatrist uh sorry psychologist after having I'm feeling quite anxious after my my surgery and i and i just kept feeling sad and my psychologist said to me that you've got to allow the thought to come through because what you're doing the reason why you feel anxious is because you're not allowing it to come through so i remember waking up one morning and i felt sad so instead of ignoring it I allowed myself to feel sad and oh boy, did I feel sad. I felt so sad that I just cried. I cried, I cried, I cried. And then let myself go back to sleep. And then I'd wake up again. I remember the thought and I felt heavy and I could feel the wave coming over me and I just cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. And this happens several times, but I allowed myself the time to do this because I knew that I was going to feel better at the end of it remember nothing lasts forever i knew that i was going to feel better if i just kept doing this and i did i felt so much lighter once i allowed that those thoughts to pass through that's all they were doing was passing through and so just being mindful um and meditating when you meditate that's what you're doing you're you're, you're allowing those thoughts. you're giving yourself that time for thoughts to come through so um 
can only highly, 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 highly recommend the book, uh, Mindfulness, A Practical Guide to Finding Peace in a Frantic World by Mark Williams and Dan Penman. I keep talking about this and I'll keep talking about it till I go blue in the face as much as that's possible or not possible to be a black woman. But yeah, get the book, Mindfulness, A Practical, practical Guide to Finding Peace in a Frantic World. Okay, oh my gosh, I'm going on. Let me get to the end. Number seven serious about your health okay not many people that i know want to die we generally all want to live long for fulfilling lives um so why is it that we dishonor we so often dishonor our bodies by eating junk food by not working out by not being mindful of the things that we put in our, our mouths and just adopting healthy habits whether that's smoking excessive drinking excessive anything that is, is detrimental to your health why do we do those things? Well, often it's not conscious when we're doing these things. We're not thinking that, oh, you know, gosh, I'm eating this 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 burger and it's going to lead me to put on weight or get, you know, to fill my arteries full of fatty tissue and eventually lead to a heart attack or heart disease or heart failure. We're not thinking those things. We're on autopilot. I mean, sometimes we might feel that guilt. But generally, we're not feeling as though we're doing ourselves damage. We're just on autopilot. We're just doing these things. So we know also, well, we should know by now that willpower is not enough. Willpower doesn't last. Um, we need strong reasons um, that we need to change. So um, for me, um, I constantly wanted to lose weight. I was overweight for a number of years. I'm not perfect now, but I'm in a much better position. And the idea of being thinner and being more beautiful in society's eyes, it was attractive, but it wasn't strong enough. So it wasn't until I got cancer that I, um, I really realized that, whoa, okay, I need to make some really fundamental changes because I don't want to die. And now that I've had cancer, I know that I'm more likely than average person to get it again. So um, I've got to really change up my behavior. So um for you i don't want you to have to go through something as detrimental as cancer to realize that you need to make a change so what can you do well given that the, the mind doesn't know the difference between something that is vividly imagined and something that is real use that so you know go through a process of visualization where um you imagine what might happen if you continue living your life in the way that you're living okay um what might happen if, if I don't know, I keep eating in this way? Now, generally, we don't tend to improve by doing nothing. Think, things tend to get worse. And this is why, you know, um, if you're overweight and you change nothing, you tend to gain weight over the years because that behavior just becomes more and more intense, um, as an example. So you have to become, you have to think about, well, okay, knowing that things are going to get worse, what could happen? And allow yourself a moment to really visualize the worst case scenario. It's not going to feel nice. It's going to feel awful. You're allowing yourself to go there. So your body starts to really feel that fear. That, um, that, um, the, the, just the discomfort of being in that horrible, awful position. And then when you come out of that, 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 those, that way of thinking, so you should then be in a position to feel like, oh, God, I'm not there. This is what I'm going to do. So you, you then use that to come up with a, with a list of ways in which you can become healthier. 
Okay. Now there is a caveat here. I've been reading lots recently about um, the psychology of being overweight and being obese. So sometimes it's not as simple as just changing behavior or thinking yourself through um, using that visualization technique. Sometimes there's something deeper going on. Um, maybe it's something that happened in your childhood that you're holding on to. Maybe you're wanting to protect yourself. Um, or maybe you're emotionally eating. There's an emotion, you know, you have, there are emotional triggers that make you want to eat. So what I suggest is that you learn more about the connection between what's happening in your mind and your eating habits. And there's a book I can strongly recommend. It's called The Overweight Patient um, by Katie Leach. Read the book. At least start the path of learning about the psychology of gaining weight. Um, okay, moving on. Oh, nearly there. So number eight, breathe deeply when you're panicked. Okay, so we get stressful, stressful thoughts. There's a part of our brain known as the amygdala, and that leads us to go into fight or flight mode. So, you know, back in the day when there might have been a saber-toothed tiger trying to run you down, chase you and kill you, this was really, really useful. You, so then that will give you the energy in your body that you needed because the, the stress hormones, the cortisol will go into your body, the blood would flow and you'd have more energy so you could run your way out or then you might pick up your spear and start to throw it at it. So you needed that. Now we don't need it so much. So um, what do we do with that? Um, our body's still reacting that way, but we don't need these days to really utilize that. So what tends to happen is that we just tend to get more stressed. So the cortisol is released in our bodies. We, we know that then lowers our immune system and it opens you up to disease if you're um, feeling stressed on a regular basis. So what can you do? So what happens when, when you do go into fight and flight mode is that the, um, as I say, you, you, know, you get more energy, you get more stressed and the blood flow goes from the rational part of your brain to the irrational part of your brain emotional part of your brain so your, your limbic system and this this causes you to become less intelligent and less rational in the moment okay so think about um, arachnophobics um you know people who are really scared any sort of person with a, with a phobia you get really scared and you do some really crazy things so this is why you'll see like grown adults bumping on settees and screaming because they've seen a spider because it's, it's a phobia and they're thinking irrationally so, you know, thinking about the impact of COVID could make you feel panicked as you don't want your loved ones to die. You don't want to be stuck in your home forever. You might convince yourself that, you know, you might never get a job again, but the world is coming to an end. You know, you might develop like a cata um, catastrophe, uh, sorry, catastrophic thinking, get my words out. Um, this is when you're always thinking about the worst case scenario. This is irrational thinking. So in these moments, what you need to do is to consciously slow down your thinking and take deep breaths through your nose, out through your mouth, in through your nose and out through your mouth. And what this does is allow the blood to flow back to the thinking part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, and therefore begin to think more rationally. And then you'll be able to put things in perspective things won't seem as bad and you'll be able to come up with any solution any solutions to your problem it also calms your anxiety and your body releases endorphins which are feel-good hormones and you naturally 
begin to feel better. So when people tell you to deep to breathe deeply in moments of stress, don't stress. Again, don't kind of knock it off as one of those, you know, airy fairy, you know, sort of hippie sort of things to do. No, scientifically, um, it is proven to, to rectify or to help you in that situation. Okay, we're nearly there. Two quick last ones. Now, number nine, indulge in your passions. Think about what you enjoy doing and do more of that, whatever it is. So whether it's reading, creative writing, um, cooking up a storm in the kitchen, experimenting with makeup, playing with your children, um, you know, writing um, your, your book or whatever it might be, creating a new course, uh, watching period dramas, whatever it is, as so long as it's helpful, healthy, and doesn't cause harm to anybody else, do more of that, okay? So for, for me, I love learning more about psychology. So I read a lot. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I listen to podcasts. I listen to um, audio books. That's my thing. So in this time, I've been doing more of that. Uh, and by the way, a, a book that I, I have to recommend, I can't leave this podcast without recommending, is The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. Okay, that's all about managing that emotional part of your brain, which he calls the chimp. I often refer to it. And so if you really want to get into this podcast and understand what I'm talking and where I'm coming from, you've got to read that book, The Chimp Paradox. Okay, last one, get active. Okay, so when, when we move more, obviously we're, we're burning more calories, which is, which is it's, it's great. Um, but we also affect change in our brain. So that ox extra oxygen helps us to think more clearly, as I just mentioned, helps you to put things in perspective and it helps you to think more positively by releasing those endorphins. So find a way of moving that is fun for you. That's kind of, as, dare I say, easy for you to do. Usually it's easier because it's fun. So whether that's, um, you know, doing a typical form of exercise, which is yoga, Pilates, for a walk, going for a run, going for a bike ride with the kids, playing with the kids, um, doing HIIT workouts, um, doing a dance fitness workout, um, learning Tai Chi, learning salsa via a YouTube video, whatever. And just do it and don't just think about it. Just do it. Don't overthink it because if you overthink it, you're more likely to convince yourself that you don't need to do it. Just get up and get it done. Okay. So, I mean, that's it. Those are the 10 ways that you can help yourself difficult times especially in this moment and remember that you know, all of this requires action okay and so what i encourage you to do is to pick one thing that you've heard today and do that master it do it and i want to share it with me share it with me via my instagram page the time to glow up podcast page tell me what it is you've done take a picture share it with me even via email um, um, you can reply on the, on the, you can contact me via the website, the time to glow up.co.uk website and send me an image and I'll post it. Okay. Cause I really, you know, I'm holding you accountable. That's a way of me holding you accountable. Okay. So send me an image of what you're doing, of you doing a yoga, um, class online or whatever, or you, um, changing your behavior to put on your headphones when you feel stressed or whatever, listen to music, whatever it is. Send it to me and let me help you help to hold you accountable. So whilst I'm here, before I end, I would just like you to mention that um, I would love for you to join me um, in my first online personal development and fitness um, online course. 
Now, I keep talking about the globe. I can't talk about it enough. And I'm giving you all this stuff. Um, you know, there's sometimes you need support in, in what you do. So I'm offering support by way of a six-week program that helps you to work on your personal goals. It helps you to work on your fitness goals and your health goals. I believe it's quite a unique program because usually you get one or the other. You usually get a program that helps you to work on your personal development goals, your career goals, your relationship goals or whatever, or looking better or feeling better. Or you'll get like a fitness program. Now this brings both into one nice, neat package. So very quickly, you know, as part of the six-week pro six program, you get um, two live workouts a week you get life lesson one life lesson video sent to you every week and so that's like mastering a particular area so whether that's your health whether it's your looks whether it's any stress that you're dealing with or any trauma that you're dealing with um and then it, um we also have group mentoring sessions so every sunday we come together and we get to discuss what we what was mentioned in that life lesson videos you also get tasks and challenges so you're having to put into practice what you've learned uh you get a weight loss the glow girl weight loss manual you get a recipe booklet that i'm really proud of it's for vegans and non-vegans alike but some some of my favorite uh recipes um you get a book list which i'm always constantly talking about this this is a comprehensive comprehensive glow girl book list and you get my workout video this soul dance fitness bootcamp video so um, go to the website time to glow up.co.uk to learn more to learn the price and to sign up and again with everything I say that if it's something you're considering doing um, just don't think about it just just do it um, because you owe it to yourself to move forward okay and with that I'm going to bring this podcast episode to a close I want to close sorry I want to thank you for listening and I wish you all the best in this time you do not have to suffer that's all I've got to say all right now Take care.